Food. <laughs> How much do you know about food? How much do you want to know about food? If you are an exercise professional, is that the next area to study? And people ask me every day, as the owner of an exercise college for exercise professionals, Rowie, what do I study next? I'm now a fully qualified exercise professional. I'm a personal exercise coach. Should I now go and study food? And it's a logical question. And I have a logical question to answer the question with. What do you want to know and why? Uh, what is it about food that interests you? And could that determine the best uh, area to study or the best course to do? And is it actually food that you want to study? So if I ask a couple more questions, why is it important to you to know about food? Uh, what is the result that you want to get from learning about food? And it often comes like this. I'm an exercise professional. I have people in my life who want to lose weight, who want to put on muscle size, who want to have better performance from their training. Uh, they want to... Uh, they want to have a, an understanding of what's the best way to fuel their body for exercise. And is it possible that that particular area of study is not necessarily food or nutrition? And are there lots of courses on nutrition? Of course. Uh, could you do thousands of courses on nutrition? Of course. And the question again should always go back to what is it that you want to learn and what is it that you want to understand? Uh, if you are choosing a course, could it be a really good idea to find out uh, not just what you'll learn in the course, uh, but who's teaching it and why? Are there any hidden agendas for this particular program? So are they going to try and sell you some nutritional plans or pills or powders? Uh, do they have a really strong philosophy on what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat? Is that good and bad foods? Uh, and the challenge I have with that, of course, is... Uh, <laughs> When you deal with individual people, is it possible that even if you think you know the right way to eat or you're going to give them the best foods to eat, is it possible that they won't eat it? <laughs> uh, I'll go back a step. If I say to any person, uh, and this is one of those beautiful questions that I ask all exercise professionals to ask their clients, if you were your own high-performance eating coach, what advice would you give yourself about what you should be eating uh, to get the best performance for your life. And as I always ask, to have a stack of energy, to perform at your best in everything that you do, to love what you see in the mirror, and to get the results that you want from your exercise plan, how do you think you should eat? If you were your own eating coach, what advice would you give yourself? And can I challenge you to ask that question of everybody that, that you come in contact with uh, and aim to... Listen carefully and the, the beautiful listening techniques of lean forward, maintain eye contact, open body language and actively listen. And is it possible that whatever you think is the right way to eat for energy performance to look good and to get the results that you want or your client to get, is it possible that your client will have a different opinion, a different belief or even a different conviction? As I always ask, is it possible that people eat for all sorts of reasons that have nothing to do with even health, Health, for example? It might be for religious reasons, ethical reasons, moral reasons, emotional reasons. Uh, people have all sorts of ideas about food and should they be able to or should they be allowed to? And I always reverse that question. Should you be able to have whatever uh, opinion you want to have, belief or conviction about food? So if you're looking to do ongoing learning about uh, how to fuel people effectively for exercise, 
Do you actually want to know about the uh, chemical makeup of food? Do you actually want to know what makes this is fat. How do you? How do you? This is fat in a bottle. How do you? How? What is fat made of? Or what is uh, uh, monounsaturated fat? And how does that compare to animal fat? Uh, uh, what What is actually in fruit? And what is fructose? Uh, what is alcohol? And what does it do to the body? What do animal products do to the body? Does sugar actually destroy the body? All the things that we often hear in the exercise profession uh, are they the things that you want to learn about? Uh, and there's, a, I think, a better question to ask. Is it about food itself, the chemical makeup of food, or is it how food affects the human body and how food affects the performance of the human body? And if you want to understand all of that, is it possible that there's a lot more about physiology to understand? So first question, uh, do you have a really solid, in-depth understanding of physiology? Uh, and what exercise does for the physiology of the body. So do you understand the digestive system and how it works? Do you understand the endocrine hormonal system and how it works? Do you understand the central nervous system and how that fires up both of those? Do you understand how the muscular and skeletal system work and what they actually need to make sure they can get stronger? And do you understand how the respiratory and cardiovascular system works uh, so that your body can actually be fit and all of the systems in your body work effectively. Because if I'm really fit, is it possible that all the vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants that I put into my body will actually go to all of the right places? So how much do I actually need to know about food? And if I do want to know about food, is it the actual makeup of food, which is what a lot of nutrition courses are about, or is it what does food do for my body? Now, the other really interesting question there, of course, as I asked before, is uh, why is there a nutrition course? Not just, yes, we're, you're going to study nutrition, but what areas of nutrition are you going to study? And particularly, if you have a, a solid opinion about food, and I'll ask you that very personal question, if you are your own high-performance eating coach, what advice are you giving yourself? And would you be looking for a course to back up your opinion? Uh, and the reason that's such an important question is that Food is a very controversial topic, and even the experts in nutrition, so the doctors of dietetics, the doctors of nutrition, the doctors that literally study what food is made of, the scientists that study what food is made of, they argue all the time. So one of the interesting things which we always ask here at Max is, do you want to learn what to, what to think, <laughs> or do you want to learn how to think for yourself? And in and food in relationship to exercise, and I'm asking this question for a very personal reason. Uh, when people say to me, what courses should I do in nutrition? I've probably got more of those pieces of paper than anything else because I've been an exercise professional for over 40 years. Uh, if you looked at my resume and my conglomeration of pieces of paper, uh, yes, I did, a, I did a lot of study and a lot of courses on anatomy and physiology and, and how to become an exercise professional. But my, my longest list of courses is on nutrition. And what I learnt from the courses that I've done on nutrition uh, is I didn't, or I was never taught to think for myself. I was always given a certain list of information or a certain list of ideas, and usually the ideas of the lecturer at the course. And it was this is how you should eat, and this is how you shouldn't eat. This is a good food, and this is a bad food. Uh, this is how you should tell your clients how to eat. 
And the challenge, of course, that I had with that as an exercise professional is I really uh, buy into the beautiful concept that every person is an individual. So some people like bananas and some people don't. Some people drink alcohol and, and would and would never remove it from their life and other people never drink alcohol at all. Some people love to drink milk and some people don't drink, drink any milk or anything or have anything in their body to do with animals. Uh, some people are mad, fanatical lovers of the avocado and other people hate it and would never eat it. So I was really challenged with the nutrition courses that I did because they were very uh, dogmatic, very do this, it's the only way. And when you try and apply that to, to people, to real people who have real lives and want to live their life a certain way, uh, that becomes very complicated. The other thing is not just how people live their life, but it's the, the moral, moral, moral and ethical, I'll put that in, in one uh, easy to understand sentence. People have moral and ethical and emotional reasons to eat, yeah? Uh, so that's got nothing to do with the physiology of food. Then, in particular, the emotional reasons that people eat. So why is it that some people would never eat chocolate uh, versus why do some people eat chocolate every day and they eat large amounts of chocolate? Let's just use poor old chocolate. It gets a bad rap, doesn't it? But is, are there or are there people who have emotional reasons for eating chocolate, not just physiological reasons because they're hungry? And I'm asking all of that because what I found out ultimately is that telling people what to eat and telling people when to eat and telling people how much to eat uh, may not work, what do you reckon? <laughs> if, it, if that worked, why do we have so many people who are overweight? Why do we have so many people who have challenges with food? People who are either anorexic or bulimic or obese or they, they hate food or they eat too much food or all the, all the emotional reasons uh, that we can't really explain by science or by physiology. So is it possible that as an exercise professional, we need to learn more about why people eat and why people don't want to eat, uh, the reasons why they have chosen to eat the way they do now, and what is actually the right way to eat, and would you learn that in a nutrition course? And... <laughs> Again, I'll use the example that I always do. There are people who are vegan, vegetarian. They don't eat anything else except plant-based food. And there are carnivores who eat only meat. They don't eat anything else except the, the flesh of animals. Uh, could you get two groups further apart? And those groups argue all the time because there's medical professionals, scientists, professors, doctors who argue about this is the right one and this is the right one. So my question is, would it be a really good idea instead of uh, doing a nutrition course to find out more about food, uh, how about we learn first our physiology? So I'll go back to those questions. How about we get a really good understanding of or what would happen if you really understood how the central nervous system fires up the digestive system, how the endocrine system works with the central nervous system and the digestive system, what happens when you're really fit and really strong, so you've got a strong cardiovascular, respiratory, uh, muscular and skeletal system, what actually happens inside the human body, and then how to fuel those. So if there's four macronutrients, what are they, where do they come from, and, what, and how and why does your body use them, store them, burn them up? 
And if I'm a really fit, strong human being, what's the difference from my food intake? What will happen with the, the food that I put in, the calories that I put in, the fat, carbohydrate, protein, and alcohol that I put into my body? What What is different uh, from a, a fit, strong human being to an unfit, weak human being? And could that be physiology? So... Uh, Max is, as you know, very committed as a college to the fundamentals, the ABC of how the human body works. And my question is always, if you don't understand your anatomy and physiology, not just understand it, but can explain it really simply to your clients so that they can explain it to their children and their children understand it, then why do ongoing education? (laughs) Because that's the fundamentals. And is it possible that if you learn how to think for yourself when it comes to the body systems that you could actually work out, not for your client, what they should eat, but you could work out for yourself what would work best for your client, and then comes the art of communication. So then it's not about telling people what to eat, when they should eat, and how much they should eat. How do I get my client to figure that out for themselves, to want to work it out for themselves, so that they can stick to whatever they decide for the rest of their life? And the challenge, of course, when you start telling people what to eat, when to eat, and how much to eat, which is what happened to me in nearly every nutrition, in fact, all the nutrition courses that I've ever done, I've got a big long list of qualifications in nutrition, and what I learned from those courses is I don't know anything about how people relate to food and what's important about people's relationship with food, and why do people like food and not like food. So... For me, the ultimate tool for any exercise professional when it comes to food is simply to ask those questions. What do you love to eat? What's your favorite food? And we're always going to include that food in your healthy eating plan or those foods in your healthy eating plan. Because if you don't, is it possible that the person will binge eat or they'll feel guilty if they do eat or they'll be angry because they can't eat? And now you've got a whole heap of emotional challenges with food, which of course I don't want to create for for any person. So should we always include the foods that people love to eat? I love chocolate. We're always going to include that in your healthy eating plan, just as an example. Then what don't you like to eat? Uh, Why would we uh, give even suggest to people to eat food that they don't like? And wouldn't it be nice to say, well, if you don't like avocados, we are never going to include avocados in your healthy eating plan because I know that you don't like them. And I've heard exercise professionals and dietitians and and other people who talk about food demand of their client that they eat monounsaturated fat from avocados and nuts, or you should be eating kale, or you have to eat superfoods like berries and porridge, or you have to eat broccoli because it's good for you. And they're foods that the person doesn't even like. How many times have I made stupid mistakes suggesting things to people and they don't want to eat them for moral and ethical and religious reasons? So it doesn't matter how much you preach at somebody about uh, eating beef, for example. There are some religions where that's against their religion to eat beef. I was brought up in a religious environment where if you drank this stuff, you weren't going to heaven. <laughs> if you drank coffee, that, was, that made you a sinner. If you ate shellfish or if you ate pigs, you were a sinner. Uh, That's a whole different headspace to deal with. So would it be a really good idea to find out what people like to eat, what they don't like to eat, always include what they do and never include what they don't so that we don't affect their emotional relationship with food? And then what are they eating at the moment? Wouldn't it be nice to find out from every unique individual person, what do you eat now? And 
how have you chosen and why have you chosen to eat that way? So what do you eat now and why do you eat that way? And could it be really important to find that out? Can I share with you that doesn't matter how much, and I've got a lot of qualifications about food. I've got a lot of nutrition certificates, but none of those were helpful with, if somebody doesn't like to eat, and I'll use, I always use uh, red meat as an example, there's not too much argument from the scientific folks that uh, hay am iron or red meat is the best form of hay am iron. So for, particularly for women, if you want to get a good source of iron, it's a really good idea to eat red meat. But I'll share again, there are some religions where that is against their religion to eat red meat and that person will feel like they are uh, destroying their own moral core if they eat red meat. So what right would I have to come along and say, well, you, the best form of hay am iron is to eat cows, so you have to eat cows. It's just ridiculous and I've got myself into so much trouble that I would love for you not to ever be in that situation. So what do you love to eat? What don't, don't you like to eat? What are you eating at the moment and why do you eat that way? Could they be really important questions? Uh, the other question for me and my little puppy dog's off here. He's gone to get a drink. <laughs> water, very important. But do you know some people don't like to drink water? You know how many times I've heard exercise professionals and dietitians and nutritional folks say, you have to drink two litres of water every day. And the person doesn't even like to drink water. They don't like it. Uh, the technical explanation for water is one litre for every 25 kilograms of body weight and then one litre for every hour of exercise. Now, that's what the scientific folks say about water. Can you imagine saying that to somebody who's 100 kilos who A, doesn't like to drink water and B, then has to comprehend that, that to be a good person, to be healthy, to lose weight, to make my personal trainer happy, I have to drink four or five litres of water every day. It just doesn't work. Uh, and I hope you can hear in my voice what I would love for all of us as exercise professionals when it comes to what should I study, what should I learn about. Could the most important thing for us to learn about be our clients? What do they need? What do they want? What's going to be best for them rather than uh, creating this big uh, list of things that they can and can't do and have to eat and can't eat and then them hoping to stick to something that they may never be able to stick to ever. And shouldn't that be the guiding and driving force for all exercise and nutrition is can I do this for the rest of my life? So what do you like to eat? What don't you like to eat? What are you eating at the moment? Why do you eat that way? Where do you eat? Uh, there are all sorts of places that people really enjoy eating and should we find out not just where they eat but why they eat there, restaurants, cafes, the beach, a park, their kitchen, the car, in front of the television, all different reasons for different people and could where we eat uh, affect the nutrition that we put into our body and I know that sounds like an interesting question but for example, there are a lot of people that will eat more if they go out with other people. So normally they just have a sandwich or, or a salad for lunch, but because they go out for lunch and everybody's having an entree and a main meal and a dessert and drinks, then they do the same. So it's, it's much easier to pick up patterns of eating when you ask where do you eat and why do you like to eat in those places. There are other people who would never or who never and will never eat in front of other people. They eat by themselves. It's a private, personal thing, and they never want to be in front of people. So if you suggest that they should have a family dinner every week because it's good to be social, uh, if you haven't found out about them, that could even cause emotional stress for them. So where do people like to eat? And then, of course, what are the times of the day that you love to eat? 
There are so many exercise people who have such a strong opinion about, this is when you should eat. And you should have breakfast because it's the most important meal of the day. Or you should eat three times a day. Or you should eat five times a day. Or now intermittent fasters who say you should only eat once a day. And you should have uh, only eat in this window of six hours or eight hours. And you should always leave 20 hours between each meal. And there's all this stuff about when you should eat. How about we ask? When does it suit this person to eat? When do they like to eat? What is their lifestyle for eating? And you can learn all about intermittent fasting in a nutrition course. And you could probably go and do a course on intermittent fasting. But will that suit this person, <laughs> this unique, beautiful individual person sitting in front of you who wants energy to be able to exercise so they can become a fit, strong, healthy person? So some really good questions to ask. Then, of course, after the where do you eat and when do you eat, obviously has to come how do you feel when you eat and then how do you feel if you don't eat. And those two very emotional questions and they might not be for some people they're just simple answers and you can just move on but if you are literally investing time with people to find out the best way for them to eat this process could take an hour could take two hours and if the person trusts you they're going to share with you that uh, sometimes when I eat I feel guilty or I feel fat or I wish I hadn't eaten and when I don't eat I feel powerful I feel disciplined I feel like I'm in control of my life could those answers require different headspace from you as an exercise professional than just, well, I've done a nutrition course and this is how many calories you should eat and this is how many percentage of macros, protein, carbohydrate, fat and alcohol you should be having and what if the person doesn't even drink? So how do you feel if you do eat? How do you feel if you don't eat? And then two very personal questions. The current way that you're eating, is it keeping you on track or off track to getting the results that you want? It's a really simple question. And then that question I've already touched on, which is, if you were your own eating coach, high performance eating coach, what advice would you give yourself? And that is such a uh, broad question. The question's the same for every person. He comes through to his back from his drink. He has long clear wheeze lots of times during the day, just as a side note. That's my pub dog that's 20. Uh, if I... If somebody gives you what they think is the right way to eat, so they tell you, if I'm going to get the best results for me, this is what I think. Is it possible then you'll, you will find out if the person believes that alcohol is good or bad. You'll find out if they like animal products or not. You'll find out if they have an opinion about mono, unsaturated fat or animal fat. You'll find out if they think that fructose is good or bad. Some people think fruit's the best and healthiest food in the world and other people don't touch it because I think it's got too much sugar in it. Wouldn't it be better for me to find out about that from my client rather than me tell them you should eat three pieces of fruit every day or you should eat or should have seven serves of vegetables every day? Which is just a couple of the examples of nutrition courses that I have done where the the lecturer has stood up and said, now if a human body doesn't have three serves of fruit every day and seven serves of vegetables every day, it won't be healthy. Well, that might be the opinion of that person or they might be regurgitating out of a textbook or they might be regurgitating out of a course that they went to. But wouldn't it be good to find out, and I'll ask that question again, those four macronutrients, what is fat and what does your body do with it? How does it store it? How does it burn it up? What is protein? Where does it come from? How does your body use it? How does your body store it? How does your body burn it up? Do we need it and how much do we need? Would it be good to find out what carbohydrate actually is and can it make us fat? 
and how many calories does it have and where does it actually come from and where does it store in the body and how much do we store and how do you burn it up and can you become a body that burns up everything that you put inside it and alcohol really interesting where does it actually or what does your body do with it where does it store it how does it burn it up is it a preferred energy source all the questions about the four macronutrients that uh, as an exercise professional have everything to do with how people exercise and the energy that they will have to exercise so the last question in the series of course about food is what do you actually want from me and I think this is a, a question that most exercise professionals, uh, they, they don't ask the question so they don't realise what they might need to go and study. Uh, and this is where it came. When I started asking this question, I realised that my clients didn't want me to know more about food. And my clients didn't want me to know more about uh, vitamin A, C and E or A, D, E and K or all the different vitamins and I, I shared that with you because it was I had a couple of ways of learning what was a, a, sol, a water soluble versus a fat soluble vitamin and I went all th through all these processes of passing the exams for the nutrition tests and learning how uh, the chemical makeup and the chem chemical bonding of food and isn't it interesting that hydrogen, carbon and oxygen is, is what most foods are made of uh, and and everything that I've got here is carbon, oxygen, nitrogen, and it's all it's all an interesting thing to to learn about. But how does it actually help my client? So I did all these courses on nutrition, but when I asked that question of my client, "What do you want from me?" I'm your exercise professional. What do you want from me? Probably for me, it was an interesting. Answer, maybe 60 to 70% of people said to me, I don't want any help with my food. I understand how to eat properly or I've got a dietitian or I've got a naturopath or I've got the doctor or I've got my footy coach. I've got somebody who helps me with my food. I don't want your help. And imagine if I had been preaching at people about what to eat, but they already had an expert that they believed and trusted. So that was interesting. The next part was, uh, Rowie, I just need you to help me with my exercise, but I don't need you to help me with my food because I think that if I get my exercise right, my food will look after itself. I learned that from my clients, and that's probably one of the biggest lessons I ever learned about food is that if I can get somebody really fit and really strong and their brain becomes a better functioning machine, is it possible that they'll make better decisions about food? Isn't that an interesting question? And then, of course, there were people that said, oh, look, I don't know anything about food. I'll just do whatever you tell me. Just tell me exactly what to eat and when to eat and how much, and I'll do what I'm told. Well, the challenge, of course, with that is even if I'm trusted as the guru because I've got all the pieces of paper, uh, what if the information that I give to somebody doesn't suit them? So it's not what they like to eat. It's not when they like to eat. It's too much or too little, so they're either hungry or full. I can't give people information about food and my question would be how can you? What makes us think, even if you are a qualified dietitian, even if you are a doctor of dietetics, what makes us think as human beings that we can tell another human being who has different likes and dislikes to us what they should eat? And the reason I, I am so passionate about that question is are there people who drink a lot of alcohol, smoke cigarettes, eat chocolate and lollies and takeaway food and still end up living to 100 uh, with a positive attitude and they're in, in, in great shape at 100. Now, that I'm, I'm arguing from the extreme. 
But one of those questions that I ask now is, is it possible that if we build up a whole series of guilt and stress and pressure with food, that stress is one of the biggest killers in the world? Guilt is a horrible emotion. And if somebody is happily drinking alcohol and and happily eating chocolate and takeaway food and really enjoying it and thoroughly enjoying their cigarettes, is it possible that because they're not feeling guilty and because they don't feel stressed, they actually live longer than somebody who's constantly stressing about, have I got the right macronutrient percentage and have I am I getting enough calories and have I eaten enough protein grams today and do I need to drink more water and, and how many pieces of green vegetable have I had today? And they live their life in this state of stress. And is it possible that if we learn all about how food works from whatever course that we do, and every course is going to give us different information, we have to figure out for ourselves what's going to work anyway, would it be a really good idea to find out what's going to work best for our client? And I cannot express to you how many times when I've said to my clients, what's your favorite food? And they say, my favorite food is beer or champagne or wine. And I go, well, your healthy eating plan will always include wine or always include champagne. What's your favorite food? I really like KFC. Well, guess what? Your healthy eating plan is always going to include KFC. Now, whether you think that's right or wrong, and that's the challenge with food, isn't it? Everyone's got an opinion about food. But I want you to imagine what happens to somebody's face and what happens to their demeanor when you share with them that their favorite food is not going to be cut out of their eating plan. Uh, If I say to somebody, what's your least favorite food? And they say to me, I hate mushrooms. And I say, well, guess what? We're never going to include mushrooms in your healthy eating plan. They go, oh, thank goodness. What if I don't like vegetables? Well, guess what? We're not going to include vegetables in your healthy eating plan. And that's the only thing I will share with you about. If you understand that there's carbon and hydrogen and oxygen and nitrogen in food, that as long as I'm getting those things so that I've got energy, calories to exercise, then doesn't matter where they're coming from. Now, there's micronutrition. So yes, I need vitamins and minerals. But is it possible that if I have a wide variety of food and I don't have guilt attached to food and I don't have stress attached to food, that I might end up being healthier than the person who understands every ounce of micronutrition and calories and fat grams and and percentages of macronutrients. So whatever it is that you want to study, first of all, congratulations for wanting to do ongoing study. Could I please challenge you as an exercise professional to do ongoing study in how the human body works? And part of the human body, of course, is how do I fuel each energy system? So how do I fuel the phosphate system differently than the lactate and aerobic system? What are the waste products of those systems? Uh, If I'm exercising somebody to be fit and strong, what are the foods that I need to put into their body and how can I customize and tailor that so that the person has a stack of energy, they perform at their best, they look great in the mirror and they get the results that they want from their eating and exercise plan. Could that be the ultimate outcome? And if that's the outcome, what do I need to do with the food to make sure that they get their outcome? And then does it matter whether they eat broccoli or they eat Brussels sprouts? Does it matter whether they drink water or they get their water from watermelon? Does it matter whether they get their protein from nuts and 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 uh, plant-based foods or they get their protein from meat? As long as they're getting what they need so that they can perform at their best, they have a stack of energy, they love what they see in the mirror and they're getting the results they want from their eating and exercise plan. If there is a controversial topic on the planet, if there is a topic that people argue about probably 
more than anything now, it's food. There's a joke at the moment. If you want to know if somebody's a vegan vegetarian, don't worry, they'll tell you. If you want to know if somebody's an intermittent faster, don't worry, they'll tell you. If you want to know if somebody's on a diet, don't worry, they'll tell you. We've got, we've got to the point where food's become controversial. What if we made it customized and tailored and personal and simple for each individual person? And could that be learning your anatomy, your physiology, and your communication skills so that you can ask the right question so that your client can work out the right answer for themselves?